I always catch for the elevator. I never pitch. I'm an elevator uh, bottom. <laughs> that wasn't the part. Never mind. <laughs> there are good movies and there are great movies. But that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. Looking for a six. We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find, center around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave. Hello. And Casey. Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. What's this month's theme, Dave? This month, we wanted to better ourselves. We wanted to learn. We wanted to look into some things that are a little more grounded, a little more factual. So that's why our theme this month is True Story, bro. Movies based on kind of, sometimes, sort of real things. No fiction here, friends. Yeah. How big was the fish? So last week, if you're a Japanese history buff and you squinted and looked sideways at it, you could kind of get a true story out of 47 Ronin. <laughs> that dragon lady is real. And she lives in my toilet. <laughs> uh, but we have one more week left in the month, which means we have one more true story we had to learn about this month. Casey, what did we watch this week? We watched a documentary starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson from 2004 called Walking Tall. Oh, oh, Nothing oh. but Hold the on. facts here. Wait, is it a rockumentary? It's a oh. rockumentary. Oh. <laughs> Funny you should mention that, Jay. Completely 100% true based on what I don't know. I couldn't even <laughs> be bothered to Google it after watching this movie. I'm so excited to tell you about it. It's really my favorite part. Oh, great. <laughs> Casey, before we get ahead of ourselves, you need to give us an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. Here's your setup. You're at the casino, and for some fucking reason, you just cannot lose tonight. You are on an absolute tear. God's favorite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, really looking, he's really smiling down on you today. So much so, in fact, that the evil pit boss has just given the sign to the dealer at your craps table to swap out the dice and give you some loaded ones. You've got all of it sitting on six, and you've got ten seconds until you roll these dice and lose everything. In the time before that happens, sell us on this movie. Dwayne the Pebble Johnson goes back home to kick ass and run for office, and he's all out of flyers for the ass kicking. Don't forget to vote. Eight seconds. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm gotta push back right away on Dwayne the Pebble Johnson. Don't encourage steroid abuse. I'm not. No, no, no. <laughs> he's a normal, like, he's I, huge. it made me long for a time when I was like, wow, Dwayne is huge. In yes. 2004, he was fucking yes. huge. Unfortunately, he's not, he's normal person huge. If that guy's walking across your planet fitness, you're like, holy shit. But, Marvel shit, no. Everybody's too huge. We need to go over the movie that shitty cinema watched. We're already too lost. Chris Vaughn leaves his military career behind to return to the small town he grew up in. He wants to follow in his father's footsteps and work at the local cedar mill. Oh my god, I hope he marries a guy from his small town and he quits his high-power marine <laughs> job. Oh my god! 
and it snows on Christmas. Your fiance took a call on Christmas Day. That means they hate you. (laughs) They fucking hate you. Uh, His high school buddy, Jay Hamilton, has closed down his parents' mill and opened a casino instead. I mean, casinos are kind of great, though, right? Like, you can smoke in them. You can drink. There's stuff to do. They generally have events. I don't know. They seem seem all right. They're easier to have sex in. That's true. Yeah. I I, I absolutely agree, but I'm a degenerate gambler, so obviously... (laughs) Anyway, uh, the point is, this is small town Americana, therefore mill clothes bad, casino bad. Uh, Porn shops open, casino bad, drugs, casino bad. Wait, wait, wait. Are you telling me that if the small town here gets a casino, we'll also get porn shops and drugs? That's, I mean, the porn shops and the drugs come far before the casino. A lot (laughs) of those already. Oh, all right, all right. Chris and Jay have an awkward reunion where Jay invites Chris to the casino for a night of drinks on the house. Sounds like a good time to me. Catching one of the dealers using loaded dice, Chris takes the high road by starting a fight. Yeah, he does. Chris gets cattle prodded and then tortured by the casino security. Left for dead, Chris eventually recovers and attempts to press charges. The sheriff declines because economics. What? A cop that's only interested in protecting private property? It's almost like that's the fucking point. Chris then learns that the casino security guards are pushing drugs and sets up the main conflict of the story. In another reasonable move, Chris takes a piece of lumber, destroys a fair bit of the casino, and nearly murders the guards. Who who am I supposed to be rooting for in this movie? Eh, I mean, they're selling hard drugs to underage kids. I don't care about anyone here. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm not rooting for anyone. Chris beats all of the charges stemming from the incident by firing his lawyer mid-trial and giving a speech to the jury about how if he's elected sheriff, he'll clean up this here darn town. (laughs) After being found innocent, a time skip shows us newly elected Sheriff Vaughn firing the entire department. A move that I frankly could get behind. (laughs) I I really enjoyed that scene. Yeah, that was great. That That was was a fun one. He also hired his former junkie friend Ray as the only deputy. Because he didn't get to be a sheriff to uphold the law, he got the job to wield the government's monopoly on violence against the casino. Ray at least has some information on the drug game, being a former junkie and all. So the two follow the supply and arrest the head of the casino security. Fearing blowback, Chris asks Ray to watch his family's house while Chris watches over their new captive. The next morning, the former sheriff and his deputies arrive with light machine guns and turn the sheriff's office into Swiss fucking cheese. The bullets kill Chris's captive, but not before he reveals the location of the drug operation. The mill. Why, why a mill, though? Remember from the beginning of the movie? Doesn't it have more emotional impact now? Right? Chris came home for the mill, and then it was closed. But it's and actually And the cops were drugs. protecting it to make sure he didn't go in uh-huh, and discover uh-huh. anything? Yep. No. You know what has emotional impact? Hmm. having your climactic fight scene be in a mill and having like saws and shit involved in it. But you fucking (laughs) didn't. They tried to for a second. Not enough. Chris dispatches the ex-lawman with the help of the former stripper he fucked in the sheriff's office the night before. (laughs) That's a sentence. That is. That is. (laughs) We're going to have a long conversation as well about his ex-girlfriend stripper and his terrible, awful, no-good friends. (laughs) 
Ray and Chris's father kill the men that attacked their home. At this point, it's clear the movie is racing to the end, and I, for one, won't complain. Chris finds Jay in the mill, and a fight breaks out. Jay uses Chris's bum-like checkoff gun to make a fight between The Rock and a normal human somehow kind of seem more believable. Maybe. <laughs> we'll leave it as an exercise for the viewer to determine if it actually worked or not. Chris, of course, defeats Jay by crippling him. After he is subdued. Because he's the good guy. Look at all the good he did. Before we get into anything else, I need to get one quick rant out of the way right away. And that is... That is the true villains of this film. And that's our protagonist, Chris's friends from his small town high school. Go on. They are the true villains of the film. Here's why. So he comes back after being kicked out of the special forces or whatever. And they say, hey, we're going to go out with you to the casino. And we're going to have a great time in the VIP room. Right? Okay, that sounds fine for a welcome home party. And then... They take him to the strip club in the casino and sit him down in one of the peep show booths, which right off the bat, quick pause. I thought this was set in the Pacific Northwest, not 1970s Times Square. What the fuck is up with having peep show booths? It's a small town. That is the absolute trashiest possible sex worker interaction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Really? It's just like camming. It's analog camming. Fair. Fair. Are those even a thing in casinos? I just in love a small that, like, town. This casino is ninety percent skeezy strip club. Yeah, ninety percent skeezy strip club. I'm pretty sure the peep show booth came about because they wanted to do the reveal that the strippers is ex girlfriend. Right. And that felt sure. like a, the best way of doing it, but it fucking wasn't. You're a bad writer. <laughs> Try also. Again. This is a casino. That's smaller than our local grocery store. So. Yeah. You know, maybe they do. Maybe. I don't know. But that gets to the real point of my argument, which is that while he's in this peep show booth, Dwayne Johnson discovers that the stripper is his high school girlfriend. And I am not from a town as small as is depicted in this film, but I'm from a somewhat smaller town and i guarantee goddamn to you that if i go back to it and my ex-girlfriend is stripping anywhere in that town i'm gonna fucking know about that pretty quickly okay and then also what kind of friends would just line you up absolutely to find out those that way? motherfuckers knew <laughs> she was dancing at that club surprise okay let me let me play defense lawyer here for a second. Number one. Absolutely not. Bastard. Everybody deserves a defense, Dave. Everybody has a right. Everybody has a right to a fair trial. Let me let me defend the clients here. I'm not saying they're right, but let me let me give you some shed some light. All right. Number one, they could possibly know in their heart of hearts that Chris and Jenny or whatever the fuck her name is. I just went <laughs> to immediate Denny. Denny. Oh my god, close. So it's kinda like Forrest Gump. Um Chris and Denny are made for each other. And rather than like prolonging it, the meeting and like fucking meet cute, just like, hey, you guys still got it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my God, they'll be so shocked to see each other. So maybe so it was like, a matchmaking. So like the night before over a bottle of vodka, they're all trying to figure out how they tell him. 
that she's a dancer now. And one of them's like, fuck it. What if we just show him? We'll Once just- he sees her moves, he's not going to be mad. Yeah, it's a really strange interaction, too, because she gets weirded out and he gets all mad about it. Well, he doesn't really get mad about it, but she gets real weirded out and he's weird about it. I mean, he's appropriately weird about being in a peep show booth and discovering his ex-girlfriends on the other side of it. I don't know what the appropriate reaction to that is, but like excitement? Absolutely not. No. Okay. Yeah. We at least pled that they have a reasonable explanation, maybe. They definitely do not. They absolutely do not have reasonable explanations. They deserve the two by four far more than anyone else in this film. (laughs) Follow up. I guess I'm going to cross examine my clients and say, um, how many times have you jerked off in that peep show booth to her? Are you ever going to tell Chris that? Is she? Well, I, I can't. she doesn't always choose to. I would never open that door. She doesn't open the door. She turns the light on on the other yeah. side. Yeah, yeah. I would never turn on that light. No, you don't even exist on the other side of that glass. So can I can I tell you the way that I first read that scene because I couldn't see it very well and I was like, oh my god, wait, 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 is that his sister? <laughs> is, That's what I thought was going to happen because Me she too. makes. A, she makes a comment that she, you know, you're not the only one that looks good in a, in a, yes, uh, uniform. in uniform. And I, and then the stripper is wearing a fireman's uniform, and I go, oh my God, she's a paramedic. It's a sister. A, I did the same. Right, right, right. right. Oh, it's a right. So it was like, oh my God, right. I bet her son, Jimothy, has a disease that she has to help with. So she's a, a <laughs> paramedic by night and a stripper by also night. And in the daytime, she frolics on the farm. Right, and there's weird lights, and I thought she just had a wig on, maybe, and I'm like, yeah, oh, my same. God, it's going to be her sister or his sister. Would that have been better, Dave? I mean, the, the, the friends are still absolutely colossal goddamn assholes, and they deserve the two-by-four even more in that situation. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They get it up. <laughs> yeah. I'm Vlad the Impaling You. Okay, I mean, like, to be I, fair, though, to be fair, though, if you, if I found out that your sister was a stripper and I took you to the strip club to find out that way by getting you a peep show and you killed me, I don't know that I'd be mad at you for it. You know what oh, I mean? Like, oh, yeah, I'd, no. I would have you drawn and quartered. Sure, like sure, sure, sure. I can't recommend that they press charges in that situation. Like, so, no, that's not better in terms of my original argument as it, like, Narrative motivation to the story, yes, absolutely. I think that would have given his character arc a lot more oomph uh, to have he it, had a character know, impact arc? his family that personally. No, what was his he, character he arc? Who had didn't. one? Okay, yeah, who had a character arc in this film? I challenge uh, the you. The dad, the dad. He yeah, finally right. picked up a gun. You're right. Yeah, the dad. He finally yeah. picked the, the up a gun a after 30 years. The, the dad uh, originally is very, you know, anti-violence in every form, and I've put all of that behind me, and he wants Dwayne Johnson to follow him on this path, and then he later picks up his shotgun and wastes a guy that was about to shoot Johnny Knoxville. No, he's about to shoot Dwayne. He's about to shoot his son. Yeah, he was about to shoot The Rock. But if he was about to shoot Johnny Knoxville, would it, would it still have been, you know... 
No. Uh, no, Johnny absolutely also knew his ex-girlfriend was stripping there, so he also <laughs> deserves the two by four in potential shotgunning. <laughs> no free passes for you, John boy. Right, your your former junkie sob story ain't getting you off here, buddy. Johnny Knoxville definitely felt like a former junkie, though, in the film. I'm not sure that I would say his acting was great, but I got the former junkie vibe. Yeah, I mean, that might just be Johnny Knoxville, though. Well, listen, in defense of Mr. Knoxville, uh, he had some good reaction shots. Yeah. He at least gave some reactions yeah. in shots as a background character rather than just holding. When something happened, his face would change. Okay. I really, to be honest, I don't actually have any real complaints with Johnny Knoxville's performance in this. He brings a little bit of levity to the scenes he's in. He's fine as the like he's fine. side character with a little bit of action to him. It was it was okay. I also bought Johnny Knoxville jumping on the back of a guy and getting spun around like a fucking wrestling show like that. That felt very Johnny Knoxville. If I saw Johnny Knoxville in a bar fight jump on a man's back and ride him around, I would find it very plausible. Yeah. Yeah, that would be how I assume he handles <laughs> the situation. Just spider monkey them. Right. Right. So if you've seen at least the poster or the cover of this movie, You've seen one of the like few kind of iconic images of it, which is the four by four, two by four, the, the big ass hunk of wood that Dwayne Johnson beats the shit out of people and things with. I think it's a four by four, but I can't tell because he's such oh, yeah. a large man. Everything, <laughs> nothing makes sense in his hands. It's a dull rod in my hand, but you know. It starts life as a four by four, but two by four just has much better comedic tone to it. So I'm going to keep calling it that. They do at some point whittle it down and, and wrap uh, cloth around it so that it has a handle. Yeah, they add kind of a baseball handle to the end of it, which felt like a good trade off. Uh, apparently, originally, the director really wanted to change it out in the story. This is based on it was just a random hunk of wood. And the director really <laughs> wanted to change it out for a baseball bat. And everybody was like, I don't understand how to explain to you that beating people with this random hunk of wood is better. Yes, it's very human crow. Yeah. So the trade off was to take a random hunk of wood and give it a baseball bat handle like something out of the goddamn Warriors. And I kind of <laughs> dig it. It's not terrible. So. My beef with it is that it's really underutilized. By Absolutely, the time it gets yeah. a handle, he never really uses it to do anything except for break uh, the taillights of a Porsche. Other than that, it's mostly just a visual prop. And I would have loved to have seen it with the handle actually fucking used. Give us a fight scene. It's a really cool looking weapon on screen. And I would have liked to have seen it get used a little bit more. Definitely. Right, especially with a man the size of Dwayne The Rock Johnson because he's so large that that doesn't look as big as it would in my fucking hands. Seriously, it's like a four or five foot long hunk of wood and it just, it's not, it doesn't look like anything when he's holding it. No, it looks natural. Like, oh yeah, this man would have to craft his own melee weapons out of just gargantuan hunks of wood laying around. You give him a baseball bat, it's going to look like a nightstick, buddy. 
He whoops ass with it. And that's what's the most important thing. Because this is a male revenge lifetime porn. Oh my god, this is such and petty revenge porn. This is it, really it's just petty a revenge lifetime porn. movie with a PG thirteen rating because he gets to say fuck once. <laughs> did he? Yeah. I didn't remember that. I did. It was seared into my brain. I mean, he mostly uses it to smash up uh, a bunch of slot machines, which yep. you know, strictly from the point of view of someone who's lost a fair amount of money in slot machines, that was slightly cathartic, but. <laughs> You fucking get him. I uh, I enjoy where he takes it and he fucking whips it against the glass on the second floor and it shatters. Oh yeah, that was that was pretty clear looking. Like that was dramatic and uh, and and I'll be honest with you, if I were Jay Hamilton up in the second story and that fucking flew up and shattered the window, I'd shit myself a bit. I'd be changing those pants. I mean, Jay Hamilton has already shown he apparently has stones of goddamn steel uh, when he's previously pulled over by Dwayne the goddamn Rock Johnson, who gets out of his giant police truck with this Cro-Magnon club (laughs) and walks up to him and he doesn't shit himself inside out. I know you're rich, but they can only fix you if you're alive. (laughs) Right. Also, shout out to that scene, Robin Sparkles in the fucking passenger seat from How I Met Your Mother. I would like to call for recess. We need to talk about the courtroom scene because I've been dying to talk about the best scene in the movie. It's no. not fighting. No, it's Shush. Not. It <laughs> is Law and Order R-O-C-K. And dun dun. They nail it. He'd be great on a law. I hope he retires into law and order and ism. That's a religion. Um, and is like partnered with Ice T, who's so now transcended. Okay, so like you're not seeing body. him as a as a as a guest star villain or anything. You want no, him no, 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 permanent cast. He's he's in the courtroom. He's probably our DA in this run in my head. Um, mm, so you know he might be a little too old to play an ADA now, though. I'd love to see him in that. Oh, they can always give you a reason why he's that old and went back to college. Um, Dwayne. I love that for him. I so strong. I'm so proud of him. So Dwayne goes to court, has to face his accusers who describe exactly what his rampage on the casino looked like in very vivid and very true detail. They tell no lies. Okay. Very dramatic. I can. And if you like try to put your self in the shoes of the server who's just like bartending that night and this guy fucking destroys your entire two room casino and like kills a dude or like at least cripples two dudes and then gets taken away and cut into. Okay. That's the worst night of your work ever. Okay. Alternatively though these are people working at a casino in small town Americana. How many times on the way to your bullshit job have you thought about driving into a goddamn telephone pole rather than going into work. And now I, I'm just saying you get a story about Dwayne, the goddamn rock Johnson breaking your leg and workman's comp. Maybe worth it. Maybe worth it. Might be. Okay. All right. But everybody seems pretty traumatized at trial and you know, it's not looking good for the rock. He's probably going to jail Super blonde dude is chilling in the courtroom, looking smarmy. 
and it's time and it's time for the defense in which he immediately fires his lawyer and says, your honor i'd like to represent myself and he's like okay but you know you can't declare mistrial if you do that and he's like yep got it sis starts with listen i did it but (laughs) i was justified Everybody knows some shit's been going on around here and it's got to stop. And you see the Jay Hamilton sitting in the audience and go, mm, yeah, he's kind of getting. And immediately the rock launches into a bid to become the next sheriff. Shit's not being taken care of. They're selling drugs to kids. And then rips open his shirt to show his delicious torso with some great fake scarring on it. And he's like, because I don't want any of this to happen to anyone else. I'm like, someone get in perfect fucking shape. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, he was absolutely also showing off his muscles a bit more than was. He could have lifted the shirt up. He didn't have to rip it off. He ripped that shit. He just popped that top off in the middle of court. Yeah, I am. I'm going to push back, though, on the great. Uh, fake scars they were not great at all and also like it's been like a week how Sarcasm. is it that scarred over already no, oh, it, no it, I, they, they time skip it's been a yeah, lot they more time than skip yeah yeah they oh. show him recovering they don't ever give a concrete idea of it but they show him going through the recovery process they have a montage right before that i i i disagree case i think the i, I think dave's wrong though about the shirt ripping the shirt ripping had to happen um however I fucking hated that scene. I hated that scene because it feels so shittily fucking done. It is just an advertisement for his sheriffdom. Let me give you an alternative version, right? So an alternative version is that he never has a lawyer in the first place. He goes in and represents himself. And at one point, he does rip his shirt off and he shows the jury his scars and says, hey, if you let them get away with this, then they're, you're giving them the right to do this to any of you. And that's it. And then afterwards, not at the fucking trial, after the trial, he runs for sheriff and gets it. Because that's how they did it in the original movie. The, he had to give them hope immediately. He had so to give them let a him bunch off. of dumb shit. It's, it's a stupid fucking ploy. It is so fucking preposterous. Here's what I'll say. The only way that I will say that him ripping his shirt off is justified is if they give us a scene they didn't, which is immediately after that, the judge banging his gavel and shouting that the jury is instructed to disregard those abs. Yes, I thought that was going to happen. You shall disregard. No, no, no. Everybody's too keyed up. <laughs> Fuck, we can't, ca- we can't do mistrial. That's why he said he didn't want a mistrial. Or he didn't care. He couldn't get it. Once they see that torso, you throw that gavel to the floor. So, <laughs> if the abs are fit, you must acquit. You must look at him. That should be the only descriptor. Jay, it seems that, that you've episode. at least you you've read a little bit about the true story this is based on. So I want to know, uh, how how unreal is the representation of Dwayne Johnson as the person this is based on? 
Does okay. he look just like the person in real life? Not at all. Because his real life name is Buford, right? Buford. And no yeah. one who with the name Buford looks, no. Buford Pusser. You're, you Buford a, You have a beer Pusser. belly and a mustache, sir. He'll still whoop your ass. Uh, Buford was Buford the Bull. He was also a wrestler. He was an amateur wrestler. Um, but he left wrestling to to move back to a small town, and then that's how the walking tall story sort of starts. So there's that's like kind of cool. Um, so he yeah. was a wrestler who went back to a small town to clean it. Correct. Up. That's so much better than a former special forces guy who went back to a small town to clean it up. And if only they would have hired a professional wrestler right. to play the role. I, you right. Know, like you had. Right. God damn it. And, and the original, the, the 73 movie, that one as is the, the professional wrestler story who leaves professional wrestling to go work a logging business with his father, which is like where the mill comes in, right? The mill in the 2004 version is, oh, check it out. It's like, it's a logging reference. There's logging, blah, 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 blah. And, and he's got the casino there, but like the casino makes a lot more sense in 1973 than it does in 2004. Yeah, I guess that 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 checks out a little bit more, and especially it being like this super seedy, like you know, Moss Eisley den of iniquity. Sure, all right, right. Because see, the real story with Buford is that what he actually did it wasn't a casino. It he went after the mob uh, and some other people with um, organized crime, or so he says, uh, with a, a fucking vengeance. And he did get fucked up a bunch, but he also like broke a lot of laws to uphold other certain laws. So uh, that part's kind of accurate in that sense. But, you know, uh, it gets more fantastical as you as you go from, like, the actual thing that happened to the 1973 movie to the 2004 movie. We're just Hollywooding it up more and more with each new iteration here. Right, 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 right. It's a really glamorous game of telephone. So in the next iteration, it's going to be, I don't know, like a, a, a wood saber. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So so he has just the um, four-foot hickory clubs is what he uses in the 73 movie. And he was a big dude, right? So, like, the, the rock sizing is, is probably pretty accurate. But Buford had a wife, and, like, the main – crux of the the film and what actually happened in his real life is the mob tried to kill buford and killed his wife and he survived and it's like a dark tragedy man it's fucked up Ah man i totally support him going to town with a goddamn hickory stick then yeah okay he can break whatever laws he, he did the hickory stick before that and after that all right well you know cycle of violence whatever but I think it would have made a more interesting storyline, and it gives the character something to develop, you know? I mean, they but have if that happened, we would have bitched that it's the most generic time cop bullshit of, oh. True. The uh, wife's is, gotta do- oh, they bridged the wife. Probably. Action Yeah, no, I actually like that they switched it to make it not that way, because I would have been like, yeah, okay, sure. 
Okay, but it would have been better if they would have dropped the stripper storyline. That did fucking nothing. To yeah, me. if we're gonna have, I'd rather just not have. We a just don't need a love interest. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. No love interest would. Why have been do we better. need to know he's fucking while he's defending the town? But hey, Jay, you were bitching throughout this about who we're supposed to be rooting for in this. If we include title cards at you know front and end framing that the real characters. Uh, wife was murdered by the goddamn mob you'd probably be a lot more sympathetic to him fair fair i probably would front load that information if you (laughs) want people to be nice yeah if you need me to be rooting because because they don't do anything in at least in the 2004 film nothing in this film makes me sympathetic to the rocks character chris vaughn i think he's a fucking prick that is just wielding violence for his own ends He's nice to that kid when he shouldn't be. There, I said something nice. His character is nice to kids, even ones that don't deserve it. Okay, my favorite thing about that kid is that he turns down weed and then smokes crystal meth. Yeah. Serious? What the fuck, child? (laughs) This is why you can't shelter your kids. Yeah. Hey, man, you want to smoke some weed? No, I don't do drugs. (laughs) Hey, man, you want to smoke some crystal meth? Well, Fuck yeah. is it fucking Wednesday or why? Yeah. And it's also revealed that his friends peer pressured him into this. They're all like 15. Right. Excuse right. me. Hey, you want to hit this joint? No, just heroin for me, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who the fuck starts their straight edge friend off on crystal meth? Everyone here is terrible friends. Yeah. I I thought the implication was is that the bouncer well yeah they say it, the bouncers are the ones that gave the drugs to the kids so they were doing that on purpose to get to Chris's nephew. No, the bouncers are just selling drugs to whoever wants to buy them, and it includes kids. And it's kind I know, of but maybe these implied- are the same bouncers that got in a tussle with Chris, so they were targeting those specific kids. To get it into the nephew's hand. I don't think so. I think they were just. I'm trying to be generous. They're just indiscriminate drug dealers that are pumping the local community full and don't care about selling it to kids. And they sold it to somebody adjacent to Chris. Correct. The timing's too suspicious. No such thing as coincidence. Okay. Follow up question to the true story bullshit. Did they have the football scene in the first one? Not that I can tell. There's no Jay Hamilton character. He's he's entirely a fabrication for this, as far as I can tell. Oh, he's just like a head for... When, uh, when Chris Vaughn first gets back to town, all of his shithead friend buddies get together with their shithead not-a-friend, Jay Hamilton, and his shithead security guards to have a game of way more than touch football. Yeah. Where everyone immediately abandons any attempt at it being touched and just tackles the shit out of each other. Can I also just say that I'm not going to play football, but I'm certainly not going to play football on a team against The Rock. Like, nope. if I'm not on his team, I'm not playing. I just Even if I'm on his team, I don't think so. He could trip and hurt me. <laughs> and crush me. Right. No, thank you. Yeah, you know There's what? There's no need for me to be down there if he's down there. You know, Dwayne Johnson may have been undrafted in the 95 NFL draft, but his name was on the goddamn list. Yeah, no, he's an incredible football player. 
I and I'm certainly not if I'm playing against him, I'm not going to be the one who's going to decide that we're going to throw out the two hand touch rule. No, sir. Uh, you know, when like uh, the, the comedy movies, when the giant guy comes running, the other guy just throws the football down and goes, nope, nope, nope. Here you go, sir. That's me I curl up on Wayne the Johnson. ground. I'm going in the fetal position. So there's no ambiguity how I feel in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not playing. I'm not fucking playing. I'll hand it to Dwayne and then I will tackle my own teammates for, to help him. I'll tackle myself. Look, I'm down. Both knees are on the ground, and I'm rocking back and forth. I'm not making eye contact, and I'm talking in soothing voices. All right, Case. I've walked enough with this movie. So, 2004 is Walking Tall. Would you watch it again? Straighten up, Jay. Um, there's a drinking game here. That's for sure. Um, but it's... Just boy lifetime and not good boy lifetime. This is like lower tier FX movie. Mm. There's a couple explosions. Dwayne takes his shirt off and shows his cool scars in court. Um, some fight scenes. I'm not going to say good or bad. There's fight scenes in it. But it's not super engaging. And when Johnny Knoxville is your second best actor... Third, okay, fourth best actor, still not good. Um, so no, I'm not gonna. I oh! I saw this when it first came out. I didn't really remember it other than the poster, and then to be reminded what it's like in motion with sound is no. I wasted enough time. Dave, how about you? Man, there are some really cool shots in this movie. Uh, Dwayne Johnson shredding his shirt off of himself in court to show off his scars. Cool shot. Uh, Dwayne Johnson wielding a goddamn four by four with a baseball handle carved into it. Great fucking shot. But the justifications they came up with to get us there are all really stupid. And then they fumbled the bag completely after that. I would have really loved to see him do way more with his beaten stick. Yeah, it's it's such a cool looking weapon, and it looks with pairing this giant hunk of wood with Dwayne Johnson is so cool. And then they don't do anything much with it. the uh, The villain in our movie is just both cartoonishly evil and completely underdeveloped. He's just presented as this totally generic cardboard cutout of somebody you're supposed to dislike that Dwayne's going to put his fist through later, and. I, I remember this actually not being that bad, but I don't remember anything from it aside from these like three <laughs> iconic shots. It just slips away off of me. Uh, so, no, I'm not going to watch Walking Tall again other than maybe like 30 years from now when I'm completely forgotten this generic ass film ah! that comes up on whatever the future version of FX is. Jay, how about you, though? Starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It's 2004. We have to include The Rock still. Walking Tall, Back Pain. Would you watch it again? When I said this is petty fucking revenge porn, this is really just petty revenge porn. And I fucking hated the entire thing. I hated the setup. I thought it was fucking boring. Honestly, reading about the old film, I'm much more interested in watching the original 1973 
production than this fucking 2004 pile of garbage. So no, no, I will not be watching Walking Tall again. Well, that's it. The verdict is in. Zero out of three of us would watch Walking Tall again. But what about you? Have you seen it? Would you watch it again? Let us know on Facebook or Instagram. Casey, next week is a special time. Because not only is it a new month, but it's a month that comes once a year. And it's a really special month. What are we doing in February? Mm, Van Damuary, baby. I've been waiting all year. And I've been extra good. So, don't split quite yet. We'll be back next month with a secret Van Damme pick. Follow us on Instagram at Casey.Cinema. Like us on Facebook, sh.ttycinema. Throw us a bone on Patreon slash shittycinema or peepshittycinema.com. Check the show notes for those links. And in the meantime, let's turn off the lights. Go to the casino. Give them the stick. Definitely give him the stick. No, give him the stick. <laughs>